Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we're going to be talking about the unlist and the interventions that you can put in place to help that. Can't wait to talk about that. But before we begin, I want to tell everybody about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, and one way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and purchasing products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web. Obviously, marching band season is in full swing, but uh, if you have anything you need for the end of the season, let me know, and I will get it ordered right away. I know that many times you guys continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on large orders, so please give us a chance to win your business. Before we get into this one, uh, you know, we just finished up recording a podcast uh, that was brought to us by social media. We had a, a listener, great suggestion about, you know, I just went to my first contest and, you know, I'm not sure exactly how to decipher the judges' comments and the tapes. And we kind of wanted to do an episode about those tapes and about uh, everything that you learned from going to a contest. Um, and what was very cool about that is that was episode 20. I, I can't believe we've already done 20 of these episodes. Um, if you've missed any of them, please do go back and check them out. Some of my favorites are the one that Jeff did with Mike Pote a couple of episodes ago about teaching from the light. Um, one of our popular ones is you know doing a show planning, which is I hope yeah. you're in a good we'll place with that now. that right now, yeah. but we'll but circle actually, back we, to it next year. Yeah, go listen to it in November when you start again, because that's when many of us will have to start it. Uh, but just, uh, it, it, I'm very happy with the podcast that we've created. So give us a shot and go back and listen to some of those on your way to work or during lunch. I, I guarantee you'll at least laugh and hopefully you may even learn something. Well, this idea, Bobby, uh, came to me a few years ago because at the end of the season, um, and, and this is by a number of years ago, I'm talking about 10 years ago, um, at the end of the season, I was not pleased with, uh, with where we were at. I just didn't feel like it was a successful year in, in a number of ways. And, um, you know, I felt like we had a broad range of student achievement that year and some kids got it and some kids didn't. Um, and so we really took a hard look at our marching band members and we were trying to figure out exactly what each student needs. Um, at the time, you know, uh, we do lots of professional development at the high school. And at the time, one of the things we were talking about was interventions. And, you know, that's all about, uh, you know, the three questions we like to ask in our PLCs is what do we want our students to know? How do we know if they know it? And what do we do if they don't? And that is the intervention piece. And it's not always something drastic. Uh, sometimes it's something very simple. But at the end of that year, we we sat down and I kind of come up. I, I'll be honest, the first word I came up with was uncaring because I had this one student that I just had major problems with all season because they just didn't care. But Jeff, I think when people look at your program and they see how successful it is, they think that every kid must be you know, great or really happy to be there. And I can speak from ours. That's just not the case. Kids no, are it's, kids. It's absolutely impossible. Um, and so I started with this uncaring idea and I was like, okay, what do we do with a student who is uncaring? So we'll kind of treat that as the first uncool word. 
is uncaring. It, we, we, none of us want students who are uncaring. Um, this is kind of like the student who has the attitude problem or maybe, you know, they probably have the same attitude in other classes. They probably have the same attitude with their parents. Uh, maybe their parents forced them to do band. Um, you know, these are a handful. You know, these kids take a lot of work. Um, and so, you, you know, when we look at a, a strategy for improvement for somebody who's uncaring, these might be some some tough conversations. You know, definitely we want to meet with those kids individually and, and have an individual conference and just say, this is what the vibe we're getting from you. Um, you know, if this continues to be a problem, we're going to have to talk to your parents. So that's kind of the second level of the intervention with this sort of student. You know, maybe I know I don't know how often you use grade deductions in in band program, but certainly that is our prerogative to 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 link, you know, uh, certain things with grades. Um, uh, but definitely removal of privileges is definitely something. So right. un, an uncaring student, this is kind of an extreme. Um, I don't know what what are your thoughts on that, Bobby? Well, I, I think that what you're saying is exactly right. The only thing I might add is when you do that conversation with them. The less confrontational, the better. Uh, when students feel a little attacked or judged, even if you they know you're right, they won't be able to hear that. Most humans do that, but I found that if I go after a student saying, "Man, you're not doing your job," what's uh, they they just kind of clam up and we can't get anywhere. But if I go to them and say, "Hey, are you okay?" I, I've just noticed that that you're distracted, that things are taking away from what you're doing. The real truth is nothing is distracting them that much, but the fact that you're showing them that you care is huge. You know, we use that axiom. They don't um, care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's, that's, that's a cliche because it's so true. It is true. So I would just yeah. encourage you as you do that, when you find them uncaring, don't you yourself be uncaring in the ask. If you're just looking for them to march eight to five better, um, that's not going to happen aggressively. Right. But if you show them that you're really genuinely concerned about them and you don't want them to be unhappy here, how can we find a better way to make stuff go? Now, the second uncool word, I, I chose this one second because it's so different than the first one, and that is uncoordinated. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the type of kid who can't get their body to cooperate. I'm sure you've got a couple of those. I know I've have <laughs> I can name three right now. One yes, they haunt my dreams. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we joke that we should put a blinking yellow vest on them sometimes and just say, This person is still developing this skill. Yes, we've got it. We understand. Yeah, right. And and so um they know what's being asked of them. Uh, but sometimes they're just not physically fit enough to do it. Or maybe sometimes they have two left feet, as we say. Um, so some, what do you think some strategies would be uh, for this sort of student? Well, we, we try to separate out uh, a student either having a lack of experience or a lack of effort when it comes to here. And when they just have a lack of experience, meaning they're putting forth the effort, I will do anything and everything to help them figure out what they can do. You know, I know Jeff, some of the things that you do is uh, using a mirror and letting them see that we have a dance room at our school. And if you, if you do have that, it's invaluable. If you don't just take a video, use their phone to take a video of them and show them exactly what it is. I've had great success with that. One-on-one uh, -on -one tutoring, having a student just kind of pull them out. What's great is they find that they may find a friend 
with this tune. And and sometimes I don't use my top kids to do it. I'll use a kid who's maybe a senior who's not a leader or maybe an emerging leader, like a junior or a sophomore, and let them do some one-on-one tutoring and they take that student under their wing. Um, I think that any of those, again, you're showing them that you care about them and trying to get them extra help. I know, Jeff, you have some other interventions that you like to use. Yeah, and, and this is may sound harsh to some people, but uh, we actually have a separate fundamentals block. And, and we've gotten away from it the last couple of weeks because we've been so busy learning the closer. But um, I, I just say um, all freshmen go to this area and everybody else go over there. And then we call that the two groups, quote unquote. That's all I say. I don't say the remedial block or like the, right. the struggle bus or anything like that. <laughs> you know, I just say, okay, let's get into two groups. And, and this has worked really well for me. And that is I will very vocally send a kid from that group to the big boy block. Yeah. Um, I won't call it that, but, you know, I will say, you know, you go to the other block and I'll say them by the name and I make sure everybody else sees that and hears that. And they're like, Whoa, they were like good enough to go over there. And then, you know, usually Joey Weaver, who's also doing visual with me all the time, he, he will use that as a, you know, so-and-so you need to go over to the other group for a little while. Jeff, and I love this idea. And it, we've even, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, it's just, you have to be very careful what you call it and mm-hmm. it can't be a punishment. And so right. I pull all those students in right away and I say, look, this group of students last year made BOA finals. This group of students last year had this success or that success. You have a long way to go to get there. And my job as your major uh, teacher in this is to get you there. And I, wanna, right. I, I need you by yourself so that I can get you closer faster. I think band directors would understand this because, you know, let's, let's look at, you know, pretend you start band in fifth grade, you've got fifth, sixth and seventh and even eighth graders that you're working with. You would never put the fifth graders in with the eighth graders to do a spring concert. You might do one piece, but you'd never put them in a daily class, which is what you're doing with marching band. Okay. So we've, we've talked about the kids who are, yeah, the two left feet, they're a little bit uncoordinated. This next one is similar, but different. And I'm, I'm glad that you separated them out. And it's that you're unaware. What do you mean by a kid is unaware? Well, this is, this is describing a student who really, they really don't know they're failing to do what you're asking them to do. And, and, and this is kind of one of those situations where it, it, I kind of had an epiphany one time where I showed a video to them and they were like, Oh, you know, and, and a lot of times you show a video to somebody and there's either a blank face or they're like, and, but this is the kind of student who you show them a video or you do it in a mirror or there's one-on-one tutoring. And there's all of a sudden this light bulb that goes off. They think they look great or they think they sound great, but in reality, uh, nope, they don't. (laughs) So um, you know, a lot of seniors will put themselves in this category just because they're seniors. Uh, I don't know right. if you've ever seen that or not, but I right. think it's, it happens everywhere. Well, I think that's the difference between this one and our previous category. The, the uncoordinated is a little bit more the younger person. The unaware is that junior or senior that, you know, they can stay in step. They can do, they can do everything at about 80%. 
And it's not even that they don't, aren't necessarily trying. They just are unaware of the demand. Right. Yeah. So, so how do you deal with that? Uh, with those, I think video and, and audio, maybe an audio recording of their playing or a video of how they look works really well. Um, I think in this case, sometimes one-on-one tutoring works. You know, this is a great use of a drum major or, a, or another upperclassman. Um, the remedial block sometimes fixes this sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, it, I think this is one of those uncool situations where you see a lot of success. And, and I think this is a really important group because these are your, your potential quitters. Yeah. They're the ones that when they do become aware that they are behind and there's nothing to help them, they're gone. But when they become aware that they're unaware or <laughs> wait, I, I, I'm lost, but yeah, now anyway, we're in a loop. <laughs> when you do get them on board though, with what's going on, I think this is the sort of student who can become your next leader as well. I, exactly. I think these, these make some of the best leaders because they then can go back to a freshman and say, I know exactly what this feels like. And I was, it took me a while to get it too. They're very empathetic, I think. So, so we've got the, you know, the uncaring, the uncoordinated, the unaware. And the next one is the bane of my existence. The, the unprepared, which is, we, we've just had dot book checks and a couple of music pass offs this past week. And it has been, you know, a day of reckoning. So what, tell us about unprepared and I'm waiting with bated breath about how do you have an intervention about this? Cause I need it. Honestly, Bobby, this is, they have the same problems in every single class all day long at school. They don't have anything to write with. They don't have the book that they're supposed to have. They don't have their notebook. They don't have their music and the individual names on the list change every day. This is oh, not wow. something where it's like, typically this is not something where, um, this particular student is unprepared every single day. And that's the most frustrating thing. It's, I bet you have kids who are never on it, but you do, and you do have kids who maybe are on it one time a season. For me, I find it about every two weeks, we come back to the same little group of people of, I forgot, I've lost my dot book. I've lost this. I don't know where this is. And you, you said it you, in the notes that you and I share, the, the important word is they're really unorganized. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And you definitely have some students who, uh, and, and I fall into this category, that I'm mostly organized. I like to be organized. And there's some people who just, they don't, they don't think that way. I think, uh, you know, the interventions for this one definitely starts with an individual conference. Just say, hey, here are some ways you could be more organized or, or maybe this involves parents as well and say, I've noticed that your student is consistently unprepared for rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another one where drum majors can intervene where maybe this never even gets to you as the director. You know, maybe the drum majors have headed, if you have a great drum major, they yep. will solve these problems. Here's, right, I have here's extra leaders. drill, here's extra music, here's blah, da, 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 you know. Right. They, they try to, they can foresee those typical things. Like, for example, I have several section leaders that have extra black socks because awesome. we tend to, we tend to, to lose those or extra gloves or those kinds of things. And we have, we, you know, we, if we have an early call, everybody knows, well, I know I have to call so-and-so. And so uh, one kid will get about 10 phone calls. Hey, are you up? Is everything okay? Let's go you know, they only have to have that one time and they typically will sort of get the message. But we also have some of those um, lovable 
knuckleheads, yeah. you know, that are there that are just, you know, they're great kids. They just don't quite have it together. And I think if we just try to help them, you know, find buddies that, that can make that work, um, that's, that's huge. So I think now, the most uh, important intervention is love and logic. For those of you who've never heard of this technique of parenting and teaching, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It works for some kids really well. And it goes something like this. That's really sad that you neglected to bring your dot book today. I'm sure that you can make up that time tomorrow before rehearsal. You know, it's, 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 it's empathy and it's, Oh man, I'm really sad about that for you. But you know, of course you're gonna have to make that up. You're gonna have to stay after a little bit extra and help somebody else, or you're gonna have to do this or that. But the love and logic technique, I think works really well with them. We could probably do a whole podcast on that someday. Oh yeah. Scott Rush has a thing in his book where he talks about when he's, when he's outlining his discipline problems, he talks about, I still love you. I still care for you, but there are consequences. You made the choice to do this thing. Therefore I have to do this. It's very, if this, then that it's not, well, because it's you, I'm going to do it this way or whatever. Just, I, I still love you, still care about you, but you have chosen to do this. Therefore, the consequence is that. And we do it and we move on. Uh, pretty pretty powerful stuff, actually. Yep. So continuing on our unlist. Now, I'm interested in this one. As I read through it, I was like, okay, I'm interested to see how he handles this one. <laughs> the kids who are unclear. They, <laughs> they just don't understand what we're saying, Bobby. They, yeah. they can do it. They have all the stuff with them. They've they've brought all their equipment. They need to hear the explanation in a different way or see it in a different way. This, I think, goes back to the multiple learning styles. Not mm-hmm. everybody can listen and understand. They have you to mean, see so it when or I yell, hear it. <laughs> when I yell at them louder, it's not getting in any clearer? No. <laughs> Although I've tried well, that. Uh, yeah, I tried it exactly. with the trumpets I- a few weeks ago and... <laughs> It was was clear that I was not being clear. (laughs) Right. Let's just put it that way. And I think this, this kind of goes back from teaching from the light again. I keep coming back to that, but you, you're, you have to come from a place where, okay, clearly I didn't do something here to make this better. Uh, And so this, the strategies for improvement on this one really involve us as teachers just finding a different way. And honestly, uh, you know, I've been teaching a very long time. It's what I do every single day. Like, well, I guess I didn't, that didn't work. Let's try a different analogy. Let's try a different, let's have them listen to it. Let's have them see it. You know, I think this a lot of times comes back on the director. Well, I was, I was sort of joking about that. If I, if I just yell louder, Uh, past Bobby felt like if, if a kid messed up multiple times, the more aggressive I needed to go. But, you know, Tim Lotzenheiser does that thing about where you put your hands up, the other person puts their hands up and you push against each other. And the natural reaction is to push back. That's exactly what happens with students. And usually when you're saying unclear, these are usually really nice kids. They just can't quite get it in the same way. One of the things that, that I've done with a student like this is I've asked them, you know, tell me, say, give me back what you're taking from that. Tell me exactly what you think I want you to do my mouth will drop open sometimes at the way they've processed what I was asking for. Um, Sometimes they'll just go in proximity. The last thing I said is the only thing they take away. Sometimes they'll go, they'll just get hung up on one minor detail. 
I have a, a young lady right now who's a very fine saxophone player and learning another instrument. And she just, if there is anything wrong with her tone in any way, she just falls apart and she can't go any further. Yet she's frustrated that she can't memorize or play all of her parts yet. She's a good enough musician. And so as I, I ask her to do a practice session for me, show me exactly what your practice session would be. And we started finding some things that as I ask her questions, she she saw it very clearly that, okay, I'm wanting to have great tone, yet I'm spending no time in my practice session to develop tone. I'm just getting frustrated when I play the music. You know, kids think practicing means playing the music over and over again, usually the stuff they like. So this unclear thing is really, really important. I know at my school, we have interventions for kids who have an organization problem or have a, a, a processing problem. So don't be so quick to judge that this kid is just, you know, being difficult. It's sometimes they're not, they don't understand. And just to be clear, I think that a lot of the unclear problems are our fault. Yes. And a higher yep. level of planning and attention to detail from the directors and staff will fix a lot of these problems. If you're getting mad every rehearsal because the kids aren't um, doing what you ask, it's, it's that thing. It's, it's you, not me. Yep. <laughs> it's you, not them. And uh, I, so this, I think a good example of this today at rehearsal, and I think Chris looking back on it probably saw this when he was leaving rehearsal, but like there was one rep where he said a lot of words and, yeah. and he's like, okay, now go from 95 a to 99 a don't go on to the end. And half the group went on to the end yep. and he was like, weren't you listening to me? And you know, looking back, I'm sure that he would agree. Okay. There were a lot of words spoken. Mm -hmm. Some of them just checked out because they, they were at their limit. Well, we've gotten very specific about how we give instructions and who gives when, and even kind of a process of where the kids repeat back what we're getting ready to do. Uh, and that's, that's been a great help. And we, we even use this, the word standby. And once I call standby, the staff is done. There is no more talking on the field or anywhere else from the tower. And the only next per the next person who speaks will be the drum major. She takes over rehearsal at that point. Uh, and that's been, that has helped us with clarity tremendously. So the, um, ne the next category yeah. is unfit. And, um, you know, this is something that that's not easily taken care of um, in a marching band rehearsal, but these are students who need more flexibility and strength. They need to lose some weight. They need to be more in shape. Um, you know, this doesn't necessarily apply very well to the uh, concert band activity or jazz band, but when it comes to marching band, it's very physical activity these days, the demands of marching band are similar to playing some sports. Um, so the strategies for improvement here, a lot of times involve the off season. And mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time talking to my students about physical fitness goals and stretching exercises. Um, I want them to leave the marching band season, knowing what they need to do in the off season. Last year, uh, planet fitness offered free summer memberships to anyone who is a teenager, which is awesome. And I told all my students about it. Like, you guys know, you know, how physical this is. This is free. You know, you, you, you can't, you have no excuse. You get in there for half an hour on the treadmill or get in there on the elliptical or lift some weights. And um, every time I was in the gym this summer, one of our tubas was in there. He's six foot four, size 14 shoe. He's a big dude. 
but he was in there on the elliptical every day. He wanted to be more in shape. And it wasn't about losing weight. The guy's not fat. He's just huge. He's just a giant, you know, mm-hmm. and but he was in there making sure that he was ready for marching man season. So I thought that was really cool. I have no comment for this category. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, I I could say this. There is a, uh, there's a Facebook group called um, uh, Healthy Band Directors. Um, Band Directors for Better Health. I'm sorry? (laughs) There's two people in the Facebook group. (laughs) Right. It's called Band Directors for Better Health. It's run by a good buddy of mine, Chris Benson. No, I think he has around 700 people that are in it because I think a lot of people want to do that. They know that they don't take as good a care of themselves, especially in marching season. And it's important for our kids to see us try to do that so that they can do that too. Um, In South Carolina, our PE credit is now tied to marching band. So we've had to talk a lot more about eating and care of body and all that good stuff. And for more information on this, people should check out the podcast we did with the uh, marching fitness people with Dr. Elliot Cleveland. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. And boy, I've seen I, on the other side of this, I've seen a kid who we have a student now who came in quite overweight and pretty unable to do any of our physical stuff. And now um, my, he actually was in a middle school where my wife taught and she saw him this past weekend was like, I cannot believe this kid. He looks totally different. He even spoke to her very differently than he did before. So don't underestimate the power of this healthy um, strategy that we're going for with this. Being unfit is just as detrimental as not being able to play your scales. The unfortunate thing is no one has ever had a heart attack from not being able to play their scales. Right. But from some of the stuff we're talking about here, they, they certainly will. So one of our last categories here, and I, I read through this a little bit earlier, and I think it's really cool how you've separated this out. You listed as the unmotivated. I would have thought that was the uncaring, but you have it kind of classified in a different way. Why don't you go ahead and start with that? It, yeah, it's not. It, this is really about performance. You know, they. this is the student who can't throw down. They can't show up to the performance, puff up, and have confidence and, you know, it's totally different than being uncaring. They're just, they have trouble getting to that next level, that it factor. And, and this is a really difficult strategy for improvement. Um, but we can all work on the mental game with our students more, you know, we can establish and accomplish rehearsal goals relating to performance. And we have to remember that our judging sheets have performance and achievement on them. Um, And so the performance quality, this is the schwak. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I start every marching fundamentals rehearsal walking across the field with the swagger walk. And I'm just like, just walk confidently. You know, you are LeBron James, you're Peyton Manning, you're whatever, whoever your favorite star is who just walks around like they're it. Just walk for three yard lines like that. That's all I'm asking. And Jeff, a couple of things about this. Number one, anybody who doesn't know you but sees you, um, I think is can sometimes be a little intimidated. I know I was when I first met you. I told this you this several times. And if you get to know Jeff at all, there is no pomp and circumstance at all. Jeff is about as genuine as he can be. But I think that he's really taken this idea of you you have to show confidence in what you do. That's not ego confidence is just saying, I'm trying to do the right thing. Oh, you have some way to help me. 
please give it to me. Like I, I want to do that. Uh, the other side of that is I would say that, especially we talked about contest in the last episode, this is really important for you as the director. The students will be a mirror for you in performance. If the students aren't doing something on the field, it's because you aren't doing something in rehearsal. And so as you go to a contest, as you go, don't let nerves take you over. Right. You've practiced for this. The kids can feel and smell your fear. Yeah. And if they go to a contest and you are just so nervous about how things are going to go, they will, it will amplify their own. So I yeah. would say that, you know, Bobby, this, when this, I, when I explain to my students what the schwalk is, I always start with the, the, the main idea behind this came from watching the blue devils and some other drum corps who they, they just walk in the stadium and they're just like, this is mine. You know, yes. everybody else can go home. But the way that I internalize the the swagger walk is when I'm walking in front of the group down the tunnel in the Lucas oil into warm up. That's how I'm walking. I'm walking because I know that the students behind me, I know the work they've put in. I know the level that they're that they've achieved. And and I just walk like, man, I am the luckiest guy mm -hmm. on earth. Oh, yeah. There is no feeling like walking in front of your band, nope. taking them somewhere. Uh, and if like I, I'm just as excited taking the band to Grand National Finals, like literally the from from warm up to finals, walking into Lucas Oil, as I am when I walk to the football stadium with them on Friday night. There is something about being and I, I'm I'm so proud of them. And, and they haven't played a note just yet. So I think you're, you as the director, you need to start to feel that as well. And if you're not proud of them, um, well, guess guess what that means? Yeah. You haven't quite done what you needed to do to get them ready. And you can fix that too. Each of these unstatements on the list here is, number one, achievable. Uh, it's at least something that, that can be addressed and improved upon, if not completely satisfied. But it's also what's best for kids. Right. Yeah, each of these students can succeed. Uh, obviously, some of these uncharacteristics are harder to deal with than others. Um, I, I personally think uncaring is the hardest one. Yes. Uh, but usually this is your smallest number of students as well. Um, but but students, you know, they might initially push back from interventions that you put in. But once they realize you're on their side and you're implementing these because you care they're going to make significant strides. We're going to make significant strides. And eventually there's going to be no uncool words. You know, uh, that's the right. goal. Like, let's get rid of all these uncool words. And uh, that's the goal. So just to kind of sum up some of these interventions that we talked about, I'm going to say a couple of them and Jeff help me um, with any that I may miss. So one-on-one -on -one interaction, whether that's with drum major or student leaders, I think that if you do, if you don't do any kind of student leadership training, this has to be it. How do I engage a student one-on-one -on -one to help them with their unlist? The remedial group that Jeff uses uh, as far as the starts off with the freshman marchers and then everybody else. And he kind of transitions people back and forth, depending on their need. Uh, one of the ones that, that I don't use very much, uh, I kind of tend to uh, know that parents can sometimes overreact. However, I do know that there is a time and place where it has to happen is the parent conferences. Uh, I, I know that many directors don't want to engage parents, but to just go to a parent and say, hey, I'm having a little bit of trouble with this with your student before it gets out of control. 
Like, help me to engage them better. What can I do? You will find an ally quickly. Uh, the idea of uh, the mirror or the video or there's still photos, giving them a physical fitness plan, which includes some some eating do's and don'ts on there. Um, you, Jeff, I know you said grades were tied to that. Not, I don't know that everybody has that same thing. For me, instead of grades, it's more of a performance opportunity. Yeah. If they are in one of those uncategories and not putting forth the effort to get out, they could lose their opportunity. Yeah, we to do perform. need to be careful with that one. I think, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I wrote that on my list. I think these days, most school systems do not want to tie grades to what a student does or doesn't do. It's more, it should be based on what they learn and what they know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that. You know, but, um, you know, that was on my original list for sure. Um, Right. And And for some people, there are definitely some rewards that can be taken away there. There are some things you get to do as a part of the the band program that are that, you know, those are their perks. They're things that they get to do that are awesome. And you can say, I'm it's really sad, but you're not going to be able to do that particular thing. Right. Right. And then you put on you have on here also alternates, which. I know a lot of people use and and I do, and I know you guys don't so much there at Carmel, but for us, the alternates, if all things are equal, then all things are equal and they get an equal opportunity to perform. However, if they don't quite do the the playing or the, the marching or something like that, we do have some interventions that we do. Okay, you have this much time to take care of that. If it's not done, then you may lose a performance opportunity that's there. It's only that one. And we're ready for you to come back. I think that that's maybe the la- the final thing that we would say is if it becomes adversarial with any of these, you are hurting us and I, you have to fix it. The conversation is over. Students are not going to react to that well at all. And getting them to a place, I think that is there a place where it might be more confrontational? Uh, that's possible, but boy, the only time I really go down that road is if I feel like they're trying to hurt someone. If they are bullying someone or whatever, that's when it has to get a little more serious and we have to take some action here. Somebody just not being able to step off at the right time does not justify a massive consequence. You know, I, I think gone are the days of you're going to run 10 laps for me if you don't get this right right now. If you're still using that, let me encourage you to look into some of these interventions and some smarter ways to engage the kids to get them off the unlist. And back to the alternates thing, um, I, I just saw an article uh, this weekend called, uh, it's for, actually from the Philadelphia Inquirer, it's mm-hmm. called No Cut, No Tryout Culture of High School Marching Bands is a Rare Patch of Adolescent Sanity. Um, this is definitely worth a read if you get a chance. Um, you know, I... I have mixed feelings on, on alternates. There, there are three or four students in the group this year who I just think this is too much. Yeah. Um, There's one, one particular performer where I I think he's, he was overwhelmed at set 40 uh, and at set a hundred, he's completely overwhelmed. So I, I, I can see both sides of the coin. I do know that we will never do alternates with this current, staff we have just because we decided a long time ago we weren't going to and I don't I don't see that changing um, but um, I, I definitely would recommend reading this article because it, it is really cool that so many students get an opportunity 
to perform at the highest level. And if you look mm-hmm. at uh, the football team, there's, yeah, maybe there's 150 students on the football team at, at a big school, but how many of them play? Right. Um, my son's runs cross country. There are 120 students on the men's cross country wow. team at Carmel and seven of them compete at state. <laughs> wow. And you know, uh, like does the person who run, he, he runs the hundredth most, uh, fat, the hundredth fastest time. Are they going to want to get a state championship ring if we win? Right. Like, mm, probably not. You know, you didn't actively contribute to that top seven kind of vibe. So that probably is a whole podcast uh, on its own. It, so. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, if any of our listeners want to hear about kind of our take on how do alternates work or how do you, how do you deal with those students who are really overwhelmed? There are a lot of things to think about. You can discourage a kid very quickly if you're not careful. And so I think having things in place so that you don't scare them off, but you also give them reasonable challenges is very powerful. And yeah. you, you have to think through it. One of the things that Jeff, you said about the alternate system is that it, it, this isn't a, a decision that you all took lightly. It was, we've talked about it. We've thought about it. And this is where we stand on it. Now that doesn't mean it can't change for any of us. I know every year we relook at how do we do, you know, one of our toughest challenges is how do we deal with double read players? Um, that's been a kind of a bone of contention for us for a, about two or three years now of, of double replayers not wanting to do marching band because we have multiple high schools from which to choose. Uh, we're finding that some of them are going to other places because of the marching band issue. So we're there's never an absolute perfect answer to those things. It's an evolving um, system. And just like with our unlist here, we're trying to once again do what's best for students. Absolutely. If, that has if to that's be the your sincere focus. Yeah. If you're, that's your sincere goal, even if you mess up on a few of the details, your sincerity will always shine through in what you're doing. So I think homework's a little complicated this week. We, a lot of times we like to give homework. I, I think the homework is write down this list and start to get to know what students in your group fall into these different categories. And instead of just being frustrated, write down an intervention for right. 30 of those students. And I guarantee, I mean, I can't guarantee it, but I think that in the next couple of weeks, you can see progress in those students. Well, at least, at least put down some things of saying before I get angry or before yeah. I do something rash, I'm going through at least two interventions with this student. Well, Bobby, before we wrap this up, uh, a couple of things, I would like to encourage people to subscribe. Uh, I just noticed that we're over 7,000 downloads and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm just really excited that people want to hear what we have to say and, and want to, I'm shocked by it. I'm glad you're happy with it. I'm shocked. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I I really want to keep doing it. And, uh, we have a list of, I don't know, a hundred things on our Google drive that we want to talk about. And I promise we won't always talk about marching band because this is about that band life. And that includes a lot of things. I know. Uh, We have a a great episode uh, coming up at some point here on female band directors um, and and some some unique things um, in that regard. I can't wait for that one. Um, But anyway, uh, on social media, you can find us on Facebook and and Instagram and all that. Uh, You can email us, jeff at dynamicmarching.com, bobby at dynamicmarching.com. Please share your wins and losses, and together we can learn to be better music educators. Um, 
Share your questions and suggestions for topics and guests you would like to have on future podcasts. And we would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this is That Band Life.